Thanks for bringing us that reading, Meg. Great to have it before us. Uh, If you're new with us, you won't know that we've just completed a sermon series on uh, David's life. But in our holidays, we're going to do a couple of uh, sermons that aren't related to a series. So we're off the, off the se- series schedule a little. And tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain how we talk to the kids about the good news of Jesus through uh, the signs and things that they, that they use. So kids, you'll recognize the symbols, but hopefully I'll talk about it in a way that will be good for adults. Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, the reading that Meg just brought us, that he became all things to all people. So on Friday, we became like children to win the children. Tonight, we want to become like adults so I can win you guys to the good news about Jesus as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to hear this message. I'm going to challenge you, if you haven't already responded, that tonight is a great night to respond. And I'm going to remind you at the start as well that we also have a Q&A at the end. So if there are questions on the way through, uh, you can feel free uh, to ask them uh, at the end. So I'm going to pray for us and then we'll, we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity tonight to look at you in your word. We pray, Father, that we might meet you as you are and that you might be powerfully present by the person of your Holy Spirit. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, I've been been listening to a a wonderful podcast, uh, which is called... What's it called? It's fantastic. I've got so many. Uh, This is really worth it, so I'll tell you guys. Uh, This Cultural Moment. Has anyone been listening to this? No. Does anyone listen to any podcasts at all? I see one hand, two, three. Okay, great. Uh, put it on your list. Uh, it's really interesting analysis of culture. And basically what, what the um, podcast is saying is that the Western civilization has been shaped by God and the Bible, but we've forgotten this. Western civilization has been shaped by God and the Bible. It has all these forms in it, but we don't remember God anymore. And so it's a little bit like this picture that I've got up on the screen there of a dormant volcano. The whole landscape has been shaped and formed by all this activity, but now it looks like it's dormant. There's nothing happening. And so instead of fire, there's a wonderful uh, lake there, and it all looks very beautiful and quiet. I think for many people, that's God having left the building uh, in Western civilization. Okay? And tonight, I-, I want us to think about the fact that God actually hasn't left the building, that he is present, and that despite the fact that there are echoes of him all over the place, there aren't only echoes, but he is present as well. Uh, do-, do you own a Bible at home? Yeah, lots of people. Now, lots of people will be able to say that they own a Bible, but lots of them look like this. Yeah? Uh, and lots of them haven't been picked up to have somebody write on them, read me. They're just dusty and lost somewhere in the back of a cupboard, yeah? But there are lots of Bibles all over homes, all over Oran Park and across Australia as well. What we want to do tonight is look a little bit at God's Word and hear what He's like. Because when we meet God in His Word, we'll find something that is a little surprising. We'll find something that's a little bit surprising, particularly if you think that God is dead, absent, not present. It's a little surprising. So what's our first surprise? The first surprise is that the God who is there, this is our first symbol for the night. Are these connected? John, can I move them a little bit apart? If I do that, are we going to be okay? Okay, so our first symbol for the night is this one. And we told the kids in their day camp that this was, kids, what was it? 
signing up to God's team. Excellent. So the God who is there actually has an invitation for everyone. And we hear this invitation, a beautiful invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Does anyone feel like they would need some rest? Yes. Can I just encourage you, give me about 30 minutes and then you can enjoy it. Is that okay? No. Uh, He's talking about rest for your soul, rest for our souls. And you are encouraged that the God of the Bible, perhaps surprisingly, is inviting you to join his team, a team where you can find rest for your souls. More than that, in the amazing uh, account from Isaiah 61, we see the invitation is even broader. Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. The God who is there wants to set you free, wants to take your chains off, open your eyes and give you light. It's a pretty impressive offer. Come to me, he says, and I will give you the longing of your heart. Now, I'm using the analogy of a, uh, a volcano kind of through the whole message tonight. And I'm not sure if any of you have noticed that there's been a volcanic eruption in Hawaii. Has, any, has anyone been following that along? There have been some amazing pictures of the lava just consuming stuff. Has, has anyone seen this? It's pretty funky, amazing stuff. So what the lava does, it runs downhill and it's unstoppable. Anything that's man-made just basically gets consumed in front of it. You can't stop it, and it just keeps going. And then when it gets to the water, having destroyed all the man-made things, when it gets to the water, what it does is it makes new Hawaii. There's more Hawaii when these volcanoes are active than there was before. Okay? And so it's a destructive thing in some level, sweeping away all the man-made stuff, but it's a creative thing at the same time, making new And what I want to see tonight is as we find out about the God who is there, he's going to destroy some stuff, but he's also going to make some things new as well. And so what barrier is broken? What do we learn? What's challenged or made new when we hear that God is inviting us to be on his team? Well, we sang it. God isn't against you. He is for you. Yeah? That's, that's a beautiful truth. The God who is there is not against you. He is for you. He invites you. He loves you. And he wants to uh, have you uh, as part of his team. So God isn't against you. He is for you. That's the first thing uh, for us to know. Uh, the second thing has to do with a little prize that you just won. If you reach underneath your seat, no, this is a joke. Imagine we did do door prizes at, uh, at church. If we did, incidentally, just so you know, just a trick, it'd be about here. That's where I'd be putting the door prizes, okay? Just to, you know, just to draw you in. They're nice seats, aren't they, John? Yeah, pay good money for them, but there they are. So, so here's the thing. Imagine that you just won a house, okay? In fact, this house is the one that you just won. Sure, the roof could do with a little bit of painting, but now it's yours. Celebration breaks out in the church tonight. Congratulations, well done. As you walk into your new little cute house on a hill, you think this is pretty good. And you start wandering around, and then uh, you notice that the door is a little bit shaky when you closed it, and and then you start knocking on some of the wood, and uh, you're alert because you're a very astute person. All of a sudden, you think, oh my goodness, I should find out what's happening with the wood in this place, and you find this. Does anyone know what's happened to the wood here? 
called out. Termites. Has anyone had termites in their house before? Yep, okay, this is not a good thing. You do not want termites in your house. So what they're doing is, on the outside, everything looks great. But on the inside, it's being eaten away. You can't see it, it's invisible, but it's being eaten away on the inside. That is our second thing here. Uh, Kids, can you remember what this one was? Sin, that's right. There's a hidden problem. In Ecclesiastes 7.20, it says this, There is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. And all the women said, That's right. That's right. There is not a righteous man on on all the earth. Uh, But it doesn't just mean men, does it? Well, one of the things that we do with the kids, kids, I want you not to listen to this, okay? So you need to cover your ears, all right, kids? Don't listen, don't listen. Okay, very good. What we do with the kids, if I was to say to the kids, they're all on the floor here, right, on, on, on Friday. If I say to the kids, kids, are you perfect? Do you know what the kids would answer back to me? Phoebe, that's a beautiful answer. But do you know what the kids would answer back to me? They would say, Yes, of course we are, even though they know it's the wrong answer and it's kind of cool to say that. So we don't do that. Okay, so here's what we did on Friday. We said, kids, do you have a best friend who never lies? Do you have a friend who's never let you down, who's never done anything wrong? Do you have a friend or a brother or sister who is perfect? What's the answer to that question? Nope. Do you have a parent who's perfect? Uh, Annabelle, you're the parent, so you don't get to answer. That's the kids in reverse, right? No, no, we don't have any perfect parents, do we? We don't know any perfect friends. We don't have... So here's the thing. All the other people around you, this is one of our secret super, superpowers, we can see sin in everyone else. Is that right? I can see sin in everyone else. And so we say to the kids, do you know anyone perfect? And they say, no. And they say, well, here's the interesting bit of that logic. Do you know that you're somebody else's best friend? You're somebody else's brother or sister. You're somebody else's kid. And so if you don't know any brothers or sisters or kids who are perfect, guess who that includes? Me and you. The Bible says what we can't often see for ourselves, that we all sin. And that that is a huge problem. It says in Ezekiel 18, every living soul belongs to me, God says. The father as well as the son and the daughter and the mother, all alike belong to me. The soul who sins is the one who will die. See, it's not just that we fail God's standard. There's our big cross. It's not just that we fail God's standard. But he says the price for that failure is death. You and I have sinned. We've fallen short of God's standard and the holy God says our sin deserves the punishment of death. Or what's the barrier that gets broken here? I think the thing that we need to learn is that you aren't all good. Do you know how we say that? How are you? All good. It's all good. We're all good. All good. Firstly, nothing is ever all good. Secondly, you aren't all good. And I reckon you know it. Even though your natural answer would be, yes, I'm perfect. When you stop and you have a look in the mirror and you think about it, this thing called conscience will tell you you do fall short of God's standard. You are a sinner. 
And so you and I find ourselves in big trouble. The God who loves us has invited us to be part of his team, but each of us has a hidden problem eating away inside us, just like those termites called sin, and we deserve to die. Well, you kind of know where we're going, don't we? We're in church. There's a big one up the front. Where are we heading towards, everyone? We're going to get to the cross, aren't we, right? We know that we're getting there. So just take a deep breath. It's not a huge revelation. You're not surprised by that, okay? But here's the thing. We need to know what the cross is about. In order to tell you a little bit about that, I need to tell you about my phone addiction. Is that right, Carrie? It probably is phone Has anyone got a weather app on their phone? Does anyone like their weather app? I absolutely love my weather app because it'll tell me that I never need to to have an umbrella because it never rains in Oran Park. It also tells me how cold it's going to be in the morning, so I know how to dress when I go and ride on my bike. But the thing I really love about the weather app on my phone is catastrophic weather warnings, severe storm warnings. I love them, right? This afternoon at four o'clock, devastating winds and hail are coming, right? What's on your phone? You're like, wow, that's really exciting. You know, I'll get the camera out. I'm going to go and take some devastating wind. But you know what happens every time? Severe weather warning cancelled. Is anyone familiar with this? This happens all the time. There's never, there's never catastrophic wind events. I'm, I'm waiting for them. And I'm always a little bit disappointed when they're cancelled. Cancelled. Oh, sadness. I probably should be happy, right? But they're cancelled. Okay. Uh, there are other things that get cancelled that you really are sad about, right? Has anyone had this situation? That cancelled? That is no fun, everyone. If you have been in that situation, particularly if you're looking for a connecting flight, it's a disaster. That cancelled is bad. But there is a cancelled that we universally, I'm a bit wrong on on the weather, we're all down on that one. There's one that we can all universally rejoice in, a cancellation of debt. Does anyone here have a credit card? Don't put up your hand. Do you have a credit card? Do you know the debt on your credit card? Do you know the interest on the debt on your credit card? Imagine if someone walked up to you today and said, congratulations, your credit card debt is cancelled. How would you feel? I see a little hand go up. That was even involuntary, I think. It was pretty good. There's a little hand goes up. What if I told you, those of you who have a mortgage, your mortgage is cancelled? Okay, yes, now we're talking, right? The credit card debt, for those of you who had it, it's a big deal. The mortgage That's amazing, right? Imagine that was cancelled. You might think to yourself, I'm not sure I'll ever pay it off, but don't worry, the bank believes you can, so that's good. One day it will be paid off, but imagine it was paid off today. Imagine how you'd feel, how free you would feel. When debt is forgiven, we feel free. God wants to tell you today that there is a much bigger debt than even your mortgage that has been cancelled Let's go to the cross. It says in 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ died for sins, for sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. See, this is how the cross became so central to Christianity. Jesus, the one man who never sinned, who therefore never deserved to die, took death on himself when he took our sin on himself on the cross. When he dies, he pays the debt of our sin. It's paid completely, cancelled, done away with. And his resurrection is the receipt that the debt is paid. It's the receipt that the debt is paid. The empty tomb tells me death 
is done. We know why God did that. It's in his great love. And this is one of those verses, isn't it? I won't get you to say it with me, but it says in, it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this is the place of debt's cancellation. His resurrection, which followed the cross, is also the source of eternal life. So what's the barrier? What's the thing that is dealt with? It means that the cross is not just a piece of ancient history, but it's a game changer for you and I today. And I think it's a little bit interesting, a little bit interesting, that we will more readily rejoice at the thought of our mortgage and our credit cards being cancelled than the fact of our eternal sin no longer being counted against us. Your sin can be forgiven. Yay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But we have to kind of will it up a little bit, don't we? But it's amazing, isn't it? This debt that you could only pay by dying has been paid, is cancelled. You can live debt-free before the God of the universe. That is what is on offer. And not only that, God wants to take our termite-ridden shack and renovate it from the inside out. He wants to do a renovation rescue on our souls and make us new from the inside out. Uh, Kids, do you remember what this one stood for? Yes, Isaac. That we're washed free, exactly. So debt is paid and we are washed and cleansed. It says uh, our church is called New Life. It's called New Life because fresh start is on offer. Not only are debts cancelled, but something new is begun. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. God is offering you a fresh start, a new life tonight. And this water, this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, we can wash on our outsides to be clean physically, but God will wash us inwardly and spiritually so that we have no stain and no dirtiness in his inside anymore. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Do you remember David said that? And renew a right spirit within me. That washing follows the debt's cancellation to make us new. And so what's the barrier that's broken here? And I want to encourage you about this. For some of us, maybe this tonight will be the most important thing for you to hear. You are not spoiled goods. You are not unforgivable. You are not unlovable. The God who offers to cancel your debts loves you so much that he will wash you, renew you, and call you his child. That's the great truth of the great hope that we have. There was another one, uh, the last symbol that we had, kids. Do you remember what this one was? Isaac, you're onto it, mate. What's that? We can be on God's team and that we're supposed to run the race with perseverance. Absolutely. Uh, now, in order to illustrate this, I've got this um, beautiful, uh, what is that? It's a, um, it's a monster truck. 
Now, I don't know how many of you have given a present recently to a, uh, such a human that might receive monster trucks for presents, okay? But okay, let's say we give such a present. What happens? We tear into it. The next thing after that that happens is what? Sorry? We're going to get to batteries, Graham. We're going to get to batteries. There's one step before that. What's the step before that? Say thank you. Oh, beautiful boy. That is, that is amazing. Good work. We do say thank you. But here's the thing. Oh, I've got this truck. It's amazing. Have you seen all the little ties that hold... Pre- you, you've got to undo all these things. And you go, oh, I've got the last... On it. There's another one back. And so the bolt cutters come out. And eventually you can part the thing from the box. And that's very exciting. And then you find out, Graham, battery's not included, right? So now you have this toy. It's separated. It's an awesome present. And you can't do anything with it. What if the God of the Bible, the God who's really there, invited us to be on his team, cancelled our sin, washed us clean, and then said, all right, out into the world you go. Good luck. Hope you do well. That'd be a bit light on from God's end, wouldn't it? And he doesn't do that. He does something far more profound and beautiful. It says this, may the God of hope, it says this in Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God says not only will he save you and wash you, but he will fill you and empower you to live God's way. Because he gives you his Holy Spirit, he will enable you to live a holy life. He will enable you to live a holy life. And not only that, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit as something even more profound, someone even more profound, He says in John 14, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. See, the Holy Spirit will help you know God, love Him and serve Him. It's a wonderful offer. You're empowered and you are connected to the God of the universe. So what's our barrier broken in this scenario? Well, we might think that, say, religion is for Sundays. Here it's saying, if you get connected to God, He will be with you all the time. He will never leave you or forsake you. It's not just for Sundays. It's for every day that you can live for God. So some people think of the world as kind of the Western world anyway, overshadowed by this dormant volcano of God. Some people think, I'm too good, I have no need for God, and that if I have no need for God, there mustn't be any sin, so if God's angry, he's too harsh. Some of us are so overcome by our own feelings of inadequacy, we feel I'm too bad for God. And we think because of the things that have happened to us, we think God's too soft. How can God let these things happen? But those things are only true if the God of the Bible is not there. And I want to encourage you tonight that he is. There is no dormant volcano behind the Western world. There is a living God who is present and active and mighty and powerful. And the best illustration I could find is this awesome picture of this volcano. Now, it's it's pretty incredible, isn't it? This is from Iceland. There were some um, volcanoes, I think 2010, somewhere like that. Um, And apparently when the volcanoes go up, they actually create this lightning inside Uh, the ash cloud that goes up. At any rate, it's a pretty awesome picture, isn't it? 
here's the thing. This is what we told the kids, but in the way that I want to speak to you as adults. The loving creator who calls you to repent of your sins, trust in the work of his son, and be renewed by his Holy Spirit. He does that so you can live life to the full, starting now and continuing forever. That's the offer from the God who is there. So how do you sign up? Well, clearly, tonight you've been told everything that you want to have happen happens through a Caring Connect card. So maybe just pull out your Caring Connect card. You say, God, I'd like to sign up to be on your team. And Jeff and Michael and I and Lauren will mail it to God for you. How does that sound? Does that sound all right? So you've got one. Just sign up for God. Say, I'd like to be on your team, God, and he'll take care of you. Does that sound okay? It's not like that, isn't it? It's not like that. You actually have the equipment, and wonderfully, it doesn't include a Caring Connect card. Your equipment is in your own heart. Have a listen to what it says in Romans 10, 9 to 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart, with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Hearts and mouths are what saves. The object of trust is the Lord Jesus. And it's funny, this is simple but not simplistic. Simple but not simplistic. When we say to kids, we want you to have a great trust in Jesus, and then we say to adults, we want you to have childlike faith, we're not telling you to be childish, but to be trusting just like a child. And so I want to invite you tonight that tonight's a great night to get saved. If you've heard the good news about Jesus, tonight's a great night for you to say, hey, I'm in. I want to sign up to be part of Jesus' team. And so we told the kids on Friday, there's three parts to a prayer to sign up to be on God's team. Thank you, sorry, and please. To say thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. To say I'm sorry for my sins. I know that I've hurt you and others, God. And to say, please, please forgive me and come into my life as king. Now, that's a simple prayer. And on Friday, Michael and I, sitting on these steps here with a couple of kids, got to lead them in praying to make Jesus their Lord and King. Now, adults, I'm not going to call you forward because we're not very good at that sort of stuff as as Australian adults. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to pray that prayer in your own heart. I'm going to say a line of this prayer and I'm going to leave an opportunity for you to pray it after me. And as I said in all the services today, because you're in Australia, you'll never repeat that out loud. So I'm not expecting you to do that, okay? You just won't. But in your heart, if you say that and mean it, the God who is there will hear and respond. So I'm going to invite you now uh, to pray with me this prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I know that I've hurt you and others. Please forgive me. And come into my life as king. Amen. Now, wonderfully, 
if you prayed that prayer for the first time today and you meant it, the God who was there has cancelled your debt. It's gone, paid for, totally erased. And that's cause for great celebration. Incidentally, if you did just pray that prayer, I'd love you to let me know on the Care and Connect card because we'd love to follow you up and encourage you, not mailing it to God. Is that okay? Uh, that'd be great. But what if I've already signed up? What if some time ago, maybe when you were a little kid, you already signed up to be part of God's team? Well, in 1 Corinthians 9, the reading that uh, Meg brought for us, we heard this. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Then in verse 23, I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. See, what if you found out that up at the council building up there, there was Amnesty Day and they had a special stamp and they were cancelling everybody's credit card debts. Imagine you found that out. And you just happened to be going to the library and you saw credit cards cancelled today. And you ducked in and you went, look, I've got my statement here. Just put that little stamp on it. And you went and borrowed a lot of books. Wonderful. Okay, but you found that out. Okay. Now, if after you'd had that happen, you went home and did nothing, what would you think of yourself? That you're a selfish, nasty person. Because if you knew that debts could be cancelled for free and you told no one, woe to you, surely. What sort of a friend are you? If you know the place that debts can be forgiven and you, you receive it, but you don't tell anyone else, I would say to you tonight, that's not good. The joy of debts forgiven should be shared. And you and I know our debts can be forgiven at the cross. We're a church that says we are all about giving the message of new life. If you've found this forgiveness, you cannot keep it to yourself. You and I live in a landscape that's shaped by an active God. We know his blessings and we know his forgiveness. We must share it with our world. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you and praise you for Jesus. We thank you for the kids that heard about him on Friday. We thank you that we have heard about him today. And we pray that we may respond to his great offer of forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. Okay, there we go. That's, uh, that's my message. Uh, Q&A time. Do people have any questions to follow up that? Incidentally, you can always ask me a question about anything you want in the Q&A time. It happens that they're more likely connected to uh, the message, but if you'd like to ask a question, now's a great time. Michael, do you want to come down and run the mic? Someone got a question to get us started? Yes, Rachel. How, when the volcanoes erupt, how does it make new land? That's so good. I love that question. Good girl for listening. When volcanoes erupt, how do they make new land? That's a really good question. So the lava, which is liquid rock, runs down the hill, and when it gets to the water, it hardens and becomes hard rock. And there wasn't any rock there before. It was just tripling over the other. And now there's new hard rock where there wasn't before. Does that make sense? Very good. That's great. Good question. Have we got any other geological questions? Plate tectonics. I'm into it. 
but I'm going to expose my ignorance uh, very quickly. I think I've got that one question covered. Uh, Lauren. I'm just flashing over 1 Corinthians yes. 9 into 19 that we had read out. Um, I become all things to all men. Um, that's not including other religions. If we're hanging out with some other people who believe other gods, um, we're not to become like them, to win them over, are we? How does that sort of... That's a really good question, Lauren. I Sorry. like it. So how far do we push that? So if I'm going to win Hindus to Jesus, do I become a Hindu in order to speak to the Hindus? That's a very good question. Paul could become a Jew to speak to the Jews because he was one and because the God who was there was a Jew. What if I want to win Hindus? What if I want to win Muslims? I think the answer to that is not that you become a Hindu or that you become a Muslim, but you must understand Hinduism, you must understand Islam, and you must dress and speak as appropriately as you can to engage with that culture. Okay? So if I'm going to uh, engage with Hindus, I'm going to have to do a lot of research because right now, off the top of my head, I don't know very much other than they have about six million gods, and that's a little bit more than me. I know not to eat with my left hand when I'm eating with Hindus, but I'm out past that point, okay? So I need, to, I need to get into the thought world of people who are polytheistic instead of me, who's, who's monotheistic. I need to think about dress, culture, how to be appropriate. I need to not just breeze in there as someone who's formed in Western culture and call them to a cultural version of Christianity. I need to see what's timeless and transferable about Jesus and speak it into their situation. However, I don't need to change my religion to become one of them. What I might do is change my address so that I might be able to speak and live with them in community. Does that make sense? And so we have lots of people, and, and our friends in the Philippines are a perfect example of that, who've left their houses in Sydney, in Australia, and they're going to go to the Philippines to speak a different language to a different culture by living with them. Does that make sense? Long answer. I suspect it was a Dorothy Dixer question, but it's a good one. Thank you. It's good. Uh, has anyone else got another question? Great. Uh, leave you with uh, one last thing tonight. We're about to start a course called Jesus for the Curious on August the 7th. It's a great way to investigate Jesus. So if tonight isn't a good night to sign up to say I'm on Jesus' team, but you want to know more, on Tuesday nights for four weeks, we're going to run a course called Jesus for the Curious. Love to see you at that. You might want to put that on your Care and Connect card. Also, there's a book called The Case for Christ, which is sitting on the desk at the back. When you put your Care and Connect card in, you can withdraw this book for no debt. Utterly free. Take it home. Read about Jesus. Find out more about the God who is there. Very good. We are going to use our Care and Connect cards now. Uh, if you can take them out, that'd be great. Tonight, there are some people who are wearing a green badge like the one there on the screen. It says, are you new or newish? They are a great person to speak to if you would like to get connected here at our church. You might have been coming for a while. We'd love to encourage you to join a life group. On your Care and Connect card, you might like to say, I'd like to join a life group. Life groups are where we do life around God's word through the week. They're awesome. You might like to give us your email address legibly and you'll sign up for our community newsletter. You might like to come to a new and newish lunch that gets you connected. Any of those things, tick the box there that says, I'm new, and put your name down. That would be great. We're going to have a moment to fill them in now. If you're a regular here, please put your name on the card. And if there are things that we can pray for you through the week, we'd love to do that as the staff meet on a Monday morning. 
I'll give you a moment to fill those in. And then at the end of the service, they'll go in the little letterboxes on the white table at the back. And, uh, and then we'll go to supper. But I'll let you fill them in for a second while I do mine. And then we're going to close in song.